Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, where we desire to see a world transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, you can send a message to info at mycrossroads.com. Now, let's get our hearts and minds ready for a powerful message from God's Word. It's funny how there's a little, that little montage of friendship affects you, I mean, brings back some emotion, doesn't it? Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we oh, everything. We care about friendship. Friendship is so important. In our, uh, in our life. I want to say just a couple of things before we get started. Uh, first, uh, we had the first uh, meeting for the, for the YAC, the young adults. You guys were amazing. Seriously, it was so fun to see, see just a, a whole group, a big old group of, uh, of young adults worshiping God in this place and loving God with all their heart and connecting. So if you're part of, if you're 18 to 35, be part of that coming up again. The details will be on that. You know, it was neat to just go around the, the church that uh, that day on, on Thursday, be part of that, and then go to, there's, you know, there's AA, and that place was, was just packed where we, where we minister to people in our church and in our community, and then we had grief share for those who are going through a tough time. Maybe you know somebody, maybe that's you, maybe that's somebody you're going through. The grief share was there, and then we had the seniors as well, and I thought, what a cool thing. I love that we're part of a church that is truly multi-generational, because it seems like most churches are either really, really, really young or really, really, really old and there's, there's not the multi-generational. I praise God for a church that each generation is represented, loving each other and pouring into each other. Amen? Say amen. Also want to uh, tag on with, uh, with what uh, Elizabeth said. Next week is our uh, Celebration Sunday. I will be giving a message, but we'll also be, we're baptizing a lot of people, uh, second service. So if you have never been baptized, and that's the next step, Jesus says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of sins. It is a step that Jesus showed us what to do, and he gave us the example, and it's something that uh, God shows up in, in that event, and it's our public declaration that we are a child of God. But maybe you were even uh, baptized as a, as a child or something like that, and now there's a new stage in your life. You want to reaffirm that baptism that was done for you, welcome you to, to be part of that, and to, uh, I'll see you in the, in the waters next, uh, next week. Can't, can't wait for that. It's going to be an exciting time. want to say hi to those who are watching online around the country and around the world. It is really cool that you are part of the Crossroads family. We mean that. We're really glad you're part, part of us. You know, we're, uh, we're talking about, we've been talking about friendship the last few weeks, and, and one thing about friendship that you have to understand is, is there will always be part of friendship, no matter, no matter how strong it is, no matter what it is, there will be any type of relationship, there will occasionally be conflict, right? There will be disagreements. There will be misunderstanding, and it doesn't mean that you have a lousy relationship. It means you're human, and the other person's human. Because you think about it, whenever you get two people together, you've got different expectations, don't you? You've got different opinions, don't you? You have different likes and dislikes. You have different personalities. Put male and female in there, and it really gets exciting, right? Anytime you've got a relationships, there's a, it's a recipe. When you have two people with different opinions and different things, there's going to be conflict from, from time to time. Even the great relationships you know, that we have in our faith, I love the Bible shows it really as it is. And there were some times where, where they had tiffs. They had disagreements. Miriam and Aaron had a tiff with, uh, with Moses. There was uh, Paul and Barnabas had a tiff. You had Paul and, and, uh, and 
uh, and Peter. I mean, there's two of the foundations of our faith, and they, we have an example of them disagreeing with things. It's going to happen. But one thing that I notice, it's how we do conflict. It's how we do difficulty. It's how we do that that's going to make it or break the relationship. And one thing, I've been about out this uh, pastor thing for a while now, and, and one thing that I really see is we don't do conflict well, most people. Most, there's, there's just, we don't. And in fact, not only do we not do it well, we usually see the example of how not to do it. I mean, most of us have, have given, been given a picture of how to do conflict in a completely wrong way, right? And uh, I, what I thought about there is I thought about the, the young lady that I had performed her, her, the ceremony for her wedding a few years ago. And I said, how are things going? And she said, the wedding's going great now, now that I've stopped yelling. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, I grew up in a family that if you got upset, you yelled, you screamed. That's what you did. That's how you, you went through conflict. You screamed at each other, you yelled at each other. And my, my husband, he grew up in a family that they did it right. They just talked things out and said, I just realized that his way of doing things were a lot better ways than my doing things. And I grew up in a dysfunctional family, and I don't want to be dysfunctional anymore. I wanted to stop right here with my generation. I thought, what a great thing. But, but she's not alone. So many of us have had poor examples of how to deal with, uh, with conflict. We're going to take a look at that today of, of how, to, how to have a good fight. And there's going to be a lot, if for those that take notes, there's a lot more notes than normal today. But I want you to take something home and to be able to grab this because I think it's going to be really, really, really practical. We're going to look a lot at one uh, book in the Bible, and that's the book of Proverbs, because it talks a lot about how to deal with, uh, with relationship. And the first thing is, so how do we, how do we have a godly conflict uh, or response to a conflict? The first thing is, is go to God first. Because our tendency is to go to that person first and explode on that person or just have that. What if we just, when we step back, and that time to just pray about it, that time to go, God, you see what's happening here, and help me respond in the right way. And the Holy Spirit just has this way of calming us down. The Holy Spirit, he has this way of, of, of even maybe convicting us about what we're doing wrong in the situation and opening up our eyes to, to that. But just, he also gives wisdom on how to respond to different situations. You know, one of the best people for this that I see is, is David. And David, David, when you read the Psalms, he got upset at people. And he's, he's real with God and saying, God, these people are treating me rotten. These people are after me. These people are, 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 are misunderstanding me. These, these people are saying lies about me. And the great thing is about David is he, he ventilated vertically before he hurled, uh, you know, hurled sideways, right, horizontally. I mean, that's, and, and if we could just learn to do that, that we ventilate vertically, vertically before we hurl horizontally, things will go a whole lot smoother. Another thing is take time to cool off. Now, I'm going to say something, and then it's going to seem like I contradict myself or the next point, but they really do go hand in hand. The first one is take time to cool off before addressing an issue. Have you ever been at work or you're at school or you're in a, you know, it just a, a relationship or, or something at church or in their family or something, and, man, somebody does something to upset you, and you want to go off on them, right? I mean, you want to say what's on your mind. You want to give them the text. You want to write them an email. You want to bless them out on the phone. Whatever it is, you want to say something. And, and have you ever paused and not done it and then afterwards go, oh, thank you, I didn't do that. 
Thank you that I didn't mess things up and make things worse. Thank you that I didn't be a bad, a bad witness when I could have been a really bad witness. Thank you that they don't have that example on email of me just, you know, puking on, on everything, that, that, that don't have that to, to, that's going around everywhere. Thank you, thank you, thank you that I don't have to deal with that. And Proverbs says some things about that. It says this first, people with hot tempers do foolish things. Can we hear an amen? Also, uh, Proverbs 29 says, a fool, I mean, that's powerful words, a fool gives full vent to their anger, but a wise person keeps themselves under con control. And how about this? Have you ever just really, man, you've been upset, you just wanted to dish it out, you wanted to say something, and you just slept on it. You just bop, it went away, and in the morning, what was an eight or nine, now is a two or a three, or maybe even just a four, but it's just calmed down a whole lot, and maybe you just, you have, you have things more in perspective, and you're not as heated and, and everything, or maybe you talk it over with a friend before lashing out at this person, you talk it over with a friend over here, and just, and the, that person's able to get you off the ledge, that person's able to give you maybe some advice on how to deal with the, with the situation, because here's the thing that you, that we have to understand too, is, is, when we say something in the heat of the battle, in the heat of when we're, when we're emotionally charged, it is like you never, ever, ever put hot gas, you know, a gas on a hot lawnmower, right? You never fill it up while it's hot. You wait until it cools down. Why? Because it can explode. Those vapors can blow up. Those vapors can ignite. And the same thing, if we're putting, if we go into a hot situation and that's when we address it, a lot of times things can, can blow up right in our, uh, right in our face. Another thing, oh, and I like the story about the 90-year-old guy. He's in great health. He's in great health and, health, and people were asking, how are you so healthy? He said, well, you know, the doctor said that every time my wife and I are about to get into a fight, I should go outside and take a walk. And he said, the outdoor life has been really, really good to me. <laughs> so, and, and something else is, this seems like it's contradictory, but it's not. Don't let the disagreement fester. Address the situation. Uh, I may have said this before, but several years ago, I came back from a, from a mission trip to Africa, and I had these pox, like, all over my legs, and they started to grow, and they were bigger and everything, and they started, like, having these blood things that shot down, and, and I knew I needed to go to the doctor, so I went to the doctor, and the doctor gave me some, my family doctor gave me something, but it got, it didn't get any better, so I called a, a doctor in our church. And, and said, told him what happened. He said, I'm going to call somebody. And he called the infectious disease person at, the, uh, at Northeast, and they said, they said, man, you need to get in there right away. So I went in there. First of all, when you go up and you, when you ask for where the infectious disease place is, you know, it's, it, I mean, people will treat you different. It's, it's over, over that way, you know. And then when you go into the infectious disease thing, you, you know, you, you don't want to touch anything, right? You don't, know who's been, you don't know who's been there. But so the doctor saw and what, you know, found out what I, where I'd been and everything, and, and he got really excited because of this, because I'm the first person that's ever been diagnosed with Africa tick fever in the southeast of the entire United States. Thank you very much, right? And so he's, he said, hey, can I, can I bring my, some colleagues in, and can I take pictures? And I'm like... Uh, knock yourself out, right? So I have all these doctors going by, taking a look at my legs. He's taking pictures. I am Mr. October in the infectious disease quarterly. Uh, and so, you know, so, so, but that's the thing is infection doesn't get better. We, you got to address the infection early before it gets worse and worse and worse. And the same thing, the Bible says this. The Bible says, in your anger, do not sin. Now notice that. It's okay to be angry, 
Just don't do something stupid while you're, while you're angry. Do not let the sin go down while you are still angry. Deal with it. Do something before, the, you know, before, before it gets in and forms that bitter root that defiles many that the Bible talks about. Deal with the situation. And the, and the next thing is have peace. This is one of the, have peace, understanding, and reconciliation as your goal. Jesus said this in the Beatitudes. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will uh, be called children of, uh, of God. Another translation says, blessed are those who work for peace. Now, here's what it is. All of us want peace, right? All of us love peace, but not all of us work for peace. So what does it mean? First, what does it mean to be a, a, a peacemaker? What peacemaking is not? First of all, it doesn't mean we avoid the situation, okay? Jesus Christ was the prince of peace, and yet he, he dealt with conflict head on. He dealt with disagreement head, head on. In fact, we're not going to get to peace until we deal with those situations that are bringing unpeace, right? And the other thing is, is peacemaking isn't appeasement. I didn't mean we roll over and just let people stomp on us. That doesn't mean we be a doormat. That doesn't mean we always agree with everything. We can disagree with somebody, and but so what is peacemaking? It means, as far as we're concerned, we work towards peace. We are the ones who work towards it. Whether the other person is doing that or not, we do it. Doesn't mean we roll over and play dead or ignore it. We deal with the situation. Another, and this is big. This is big. This is worth coming for right here. Fact about peacemakers: they care more about relationship than they do about winning the argument. I'm going to say that again. They care more about the relationship than they do about winning the argument. Because when we go into a disagreement, we can go in with one of two goals. We can go in of wanting to prove our point and saying, I'm going to prove this person that my way is right, that I am right in this, that they should agree with me. Or we can go into the thing saying, you know what, my goal in this, in this thing is to reconcile, is to restore the relationship and to, and to, to strengthen the relationship. And, and, and which one do you do? Do you go in there wanting to be right, insisting on being right, or is the relationship the most important thing? Because here's the thing. If you go in, I guarantee you, if you go in with the goal of being right, and that's what you have to do, is make sure everybody that agrees with you at the, at the end of that, the chances are everybody's going to lose, including, including you, especially if both parties or all parties go in with that goal. But if you go in with wanting to reconcile and things, everybody wins, including you. And especially when both people or, or the whole party goes in with that goal, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. But which way do we go into a disagreement, wanting to win or wanting to restore a relationship? Another thing is truly listen to the other person. Uh, James 1.19 says this, My brothers and sisters, everyone should take note of this. Everyone should, don't miss this, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Can you imagine if we just did that? If we just did that, we could stop right here, right? Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because our anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And quite often, we do the exact opposite, don't we? We aren't quick to listen. We're qu quick to speak and slow to, uh, to, to listen. And two things that we, can, uh, that we can find out and we can be sure of if we're not the one listening, if we're not doing a good job uh, of listening, one of this is we're going to be formulating what we're about to say. We're not listening to what that person is saying. We're getting our argument. We're getting our defense already up there. Or the other thing is that, uh, that we're dominating the conversation. 
If we're doing 70, 80, 90% of the conversation, we're not listening. We're not being a good, good listener there. And here's what the, I love the way the message puts this. It says, lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger straggle along in the rear. Don't you love that? And here's something else. Listen with your heart. Listen to their heart. Because they may not be saying it the right way. Maybe what, ask the question, what is it that they really want? What is this person trying to let me know? What is this person trying to help me to understand? What is, what is their need right now? Because, and if you especially, if you can ask, to the, again, this million-dollar advice, say this, saying, what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is, is this. Is this correct? Now, what you've done is right there is you're going, you know what, I'm really trying to hear you. I'm really trying to, to listen. And that person, I'll, I'm telling you, some defenses will go down as soon as you, that person understands you're really trying to hear what they're having to say. And especially if you do this words afterwards, this is what I'm hearing you saying, and that probably makes you feel like this. Am I, am I right? Now, all of a sudden, whoa, this person is going, not only does this person, is this person listening to me, this person is truly trying to understand what I'm going through. And again, defenses go down to that. Because isn't that what you want? I mean, when you're going through a disagreement, when you're going through something, don't you, the majority of it, don't you just want to be heard and understood? Even if they don't agree, don't you just want to be heard and understood? And the other person wants the, wants the same thing. Another thing is, when you, uh, when you address a problem and frustration, lead with love and not with anger. I mean, think of it. If, we're, if somebody comes up, or you come up to somebody like this, and you start swinging at them, what are they going to do? I guarantee you they're going to do one thing, and they're probably going to do something else. I guarantee you that they're going to defend themselves, right, from the blow. And the thing is, they're probably also going to take a swing back in return. When we verbally attack somebody, just think of it. It is a swing at them, and they are going to defend themselves. Don't be surprised if you take a swing and that person is doing this, and don't be surprised either if they start swinging, swinging back. Because that's just the natural thing of what, what we would do. Here's what Proverbs says. For as churning the milk produces butter, and twisting the nose produces blood, so stirring up anger is going to produce strife. If we leave with, lead with anger, it is going, you'll, you'll never get the point across by being cross. That's the thing. And something else, a soft answer will always be smarter than a sarcastic response. This is what the, in Proverbs 29 says. Fools vent their anger but the wise quietly hold it back. The next thing is, no, so that's what we do when we're, when we're angry. What about when somebody's angry at us and they come lashing at us and we're just sitting there, man, they start swinging, 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 and swinging. Again, we respond to their hostility with love and not anger. Proverbs says this, a gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue, it's going to kindle tempers of uh, a fire. I mean, every time somebody comes at us and they start, they start going out at us, it is like we're carrying two different buckets, okay? Think of these buckets. One bucket is gasoline. The other bucket is water. And we, we're going to do one of those things on that fire that they come out with. If we put gasoline on, if we come out swinging with it like they do, it is going to ignite and, and it's on at that moment, right? But we can also take, we can respond in a peaceful way, the Bible says. We can respond, and it doesn't matter what they do, but we can respond and we can, we, we have, it as a way of just diffusing the anger and diffusing the situation. Let me ask you this. Have you ever had somebody swinging at you, swinging at you, swinging at you verbally, and then, but you respond in a calm way? 
And what do they do? They, it, they look silly, right? I mean, they're, they're going, they're not, they're like, wait, you weren't supposed to do it like that. You're supposed to come back at me. And, and suddenly, sometimes they can go from an eight or nine to a, to a four or five just by you having non, you know, a, a non-threatening response to, to, to their response. And it's like a young man that I, uh, that I talked to that he's, he became a Christian, and his family was just like what we were talking about. I mean, I mean, the way they did conflict, they yelled, they screamed at each other. He wanted to, once he became a Christian, he's going, you know what? It says for me to honor my mother and father, and that's not screaming at him. That's not yelling at him. So I'm going to do it in a, in a, a right way. I'm going to be peaceful whether they're peaceful or not. And he said it was amazing that pretty soon that, that what, it, what became apparent is he's acting like the parent. He's acting like the mature person, and they're acting like the immature person. After a while, it affected their whole family just by one person responding in a, in a calm way instead of an, an angry way. Another thing, and this is huge, fight fair. Think about it. Con nations that are in conflict, they have agreements on what they can and can't do. We have the Geneva Convention that says a civilized country, even civilized countries that are at war with each other, will behave in civil ways. There's some things they're not going to do to POWs. There's, things there's weapons that they are not going to use. And it's part of this agreement. And you think about it, even, even boxers who are there, they want, the whole goal is to pummel each other. But they have rules of engagement saying, you know, there's places you can't hit. You cannot hit below the, the, the belt. So what is hitting below the belt? What are some of the ways that we can hit below the belt? One is attacking the person rather than attacking the, the issue. And I, what I mean by that is, is, okay, the person comes home and they, say, they, they see that the Johnny has not been taken to soccer practice. And they come in, addressing the issue is, you're supposed to take Johnny to soccer practice. Going, attacking the person is, you're supposed to do that. You are the most scatterbrained, worthless person, right? You just went from attacking the issue, which is okay. You go after the issue, to attacking the, the person. And then there's something else we do. We widen the issue. So the person comes in and, and you were supposed to take him to soccer practice and you were the most worthless thing. You're so scatterbrained. And that is why we had such a bad time with mom on the vacation, right? You go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, how did we get to mom on vacation? How do we get over here from over here? And you've just widened the whole circumstance. And here's the thing. I, rarely will ever, anybody ever go, okay, I don't know what that has to do with mom over, over here, but no, they're going to do something else. They're going to widen it too. What they're going to do is go, well, you know, you've been passed up for four promotions. How about you? And suddenly, let's get ready to rumble, right, when you do this. So you have all, instead of, instead of just addressing the issue, another thing is bring out the mortar bomb words. There are words that really affect you and affect me and affect everybody. I mean, there's one thing you know. If you ever have tried to grab a cat by the tail and pull it up, you've had a bad experience, haven't you? That will always bring a bad response. There are some words that we can use that will almost always bring a bad response. And that is the word you, 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 you. What we could do instead is go to me and say, you know what? When this happens, this makes me feel un dishonored. This makes me feel unimportant. But all of a sudden, it's on your and your emotions instead of that person's, uh, that person's words. You know, and something else is, how about this? You always or you never... How do we like it when people do that to us? Because we put our defenses up because we don't always and we don't never do those, do those things. So those words are going to bring, bring, uh, bring some hostility and bring some things. Um, how about, and also how about just a, a word like, um, like divorce also? 
and just words that will bring that will bring destruction as moon as soon as we we do that another big one is compare how about this when we say you're just like your mom or why can't you be more like so-and-so's husband or so-and-so's wife or why can't you be more like so-and-so's parents or why can't you be like the more like so-and-so's children and suddenly comparison again we hate it when people compare us to other people so we shouldn't do that to, to other people another thing is pay attention not only to what you say but how you say it this is the principle is this if you say something offensively you can say it the right thing but if you say it the wrong way offensively it will be taken defensively and you and i know people that are amazing at this that they that they can tell us something we need to hear something that's bothering them something that is and they can say it with such grace and they can say it with such tact they can say it with such love that not only do we receive it we can go thank you very much it was just done in such a great way but another person can say something really really nice but they say it in such a bad way that we take it almost as a, as a, as a cuss, right? I mean, it's, it's just how we say it. The Bible says this, speak the truth in love. Now, we have a problem. A lot of times we'll go to one extreme or the other. In that. Oh, there's people that they'll speak the truth. Oh, my goodness. They'll, they, will, they will leave a path of destruction because they speak the truth. They will come out with bazookas with their mouth because they speak the truth. But, then, but they don't say it in love. But then there's other people that they won't say a word, that they'll let themselves be trampled over, they'll let themselves, they'll, they'll internalize it, and they will never tell, say what needs to be said in that relationship. And there's somewhere in between is, yet we speak the truth, but we do it in love. We're not afraid to speak the truth, but, but we, do it in, uh, we do it in love. Another thing is, confess your part of the, of the conflict. Your part of the conflict may be, may be the, most of it. Your part of the, the issue may be, may be half of it. And you go, you know what? It's both of us. Maybe it's 5%, that little thing. Even if it's that little wedge, address that situation and be willing to say, I did the wrong thing, and this is where I'm owning up to my part of this. In uh, things, and don't say you're 95% wrong. I'm 5% wrong. That's kind of dumb. But, you know, there's somebody uh, a while back that with a group that went out from our from our church and there was a uh, a person who there was a situation that that from their thing said it could have been you know it, was, it seemed like only a two or a three issue but this person came screaming and yelling at them and accusing them of all sorts of uh, of things and they spoke the truth but there was no or at least what they felt was the truth but they said it in no love whatsoever so the person from our group came up and said and said, you know what, when you said that, when you came, you yelled and you screamed and you didn't need to, and it dishonored us, and it made us, it, you know, we, it, it, they went on to where, where they felt ab about that. And the person, at that point, they could have done one of two things, couldn't they? They could have gone, man, I'm, I didn't realize that. I didn't even know I was doing that. I'm sorry, you know, I didn't mean to do that. That wasn't my heart, and, I, and I'm sorry for, for that. And boom, relationship restored. Or they could have done what they did and said, I didn't yell. You have seven or eight people going, hey, you yelled, you screamed, you screamed at us. And all of a sudden, again, relationship that has been, that has been hurt in that, in that way. And so just how we deal with that and whether we take our part or, or not. I like the story about, I mean, the poem from Ogden Nash that says this. To keep your marriage brimming with love and a loving cup, when you're wrong, admit it. And when you're right, shut up. Another thing is be forgiving and willing to ask for forgiveness. It's 
one thing that we have to do in relationships. There's going to be times where we say things and we do things, even that we didn't even intend to do, but we're going to hurt the other person, and they're going to do things that hurt us. So forgiveness is going to be needs to be part of any relationship that we have. And uh, and the Bible says this: be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Here's the point: as the Lord forgave you. And you may say, I can't forgive. Okay, I can for if God for what God has done with me and how He's forgiven me, I can offer that forgiveness to uh, to to other people. And here's, here's five of the most powerful words in the English language, all right? Five of the most powerful words that will defuse so many problems in relationships. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Asking for forgiveness. Be willing to forgive others when they, when they do that. And you know what? We can offer those words and they not be accepted, can't they? We can say, please forgive me. And they say, I'm not going to forgive you or, you know, say other words to, the, to that effect that are much stronger. We've done our part. We can't change them. We can't make them, you know, go halfway. We can't, we can extend the olive branch, but, and that goes on to, it says, you take the initiative. Here's the wild thing. The Bible says, whether we are the ones offended or we the ones doing the offending, we're the ones that are supposed to take the initiative. God doesn't let us off the hook either way. In fact, this is so important. Conflict resolution is so important. Here's what Jesus said. He said, if you enter a place of worship, this again in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, and about to make an offering, and you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering. Leave immediately. Go to this friend and make things right. Then and only then, come back and work things out with, uh, with God. Jesus is saying that resolving conflict is more important even than the coming to, come to service. So maybe even right now, God's putting somebody on your heart that has something against you or you have something against them. Maybe right now the altar is open of just saying forgiveness. Maybe you just need to go and make a phone call. Go, make, go, go show up on something. Go, go write something that needs to, that needs to be done to, to, to end that conflict. We're the one that's supposed to take the initiative. And again, don't miss this. The Bible says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. We can't make somebody live at peace with us, but we can live at peace with them no matter who that is. We can do our part in that. Again, we may extend the olive branch and they may, they may bite our hand. We've done our part in that. We can't do that. But here's the thing that I want us to know is that, is that there's going to be conflict in every relationship. doesn't mean it's a bad relationship. It's how we handle conflict that makes all the difference in the world. And you guys, we can have good fights. Amen? If we can pray. God, thank you that you, uh, when we were in hostility with you, that you, you, you came to us and you forgave us, and you, you went the whole way. And God, right now, we just say, forgive us, because every one of us that's hearing this, we've blown what we're talking about right here time and time again. And we repent of that, God. We don't want to do that anymore. So God, help us to, to sheathe our tongue. Help us to respond in godly ways. Help us, Lord God, to, uh, to, to lead with love and to, to truly have as the, the biggest thing that we want is, is reconciliation and not to be right. Help us to hear. Help us to listen, Lord God, to the other person. Help us respond and, and, and speak the truth, but help us do it in a loving way that will bring relationship and not hurt relationship. So, God, we, we ask that you help us from that moment on, that it's a different way that we handle conflict. And all God's people said, amen.
The altar is open, and there's going to be people here that want to pray for you if the, if the prayer team can come forward. Maybe you just want to do business. Maybe the biggest thing that you need to do is leave and talk to somebody else. If we can stand. Thank you so much for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you'd like to listen to past Crossroads Church Podcast, you can go to mycrossroads.co slash podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.